we did that that wedding in or the wedding we went to that courthouse in wisconsin because christian was convinced that the minnesota media wouldn't know so we wouldn't we didn't tell anyone not even our own parents and then that night so then we go to arby's while we're waiting for the paperwork that night then we go to the o-line uh ugly sweater party no one knows like literally no one except for the people that were there and uh he gets a call from some local reporter in Minnesota that was like, did you get married? And I'll just never forget sitting on the end of the bed. And he goes, oh, crap, I had to call my mom. <laughs> Welcome to your mom. Your mom podcast. Your mom's podcast. This isn't any podcast. This is your mother's podcast. My mom's podcast. Nah, dude, she's your mom. With... Ashley Allison and Lisa McCaffrey. Your mom is a podcast. Shut up, dude. Guess what, everybody? If you're not watching this on YouTube, you should because we're together. We are live and direct. We're together. And it's amazing. We're at my house in San Francisco. And I just want to say this isn't our impromptu podcast studio. So I apologize. I know we're not supposed to be behind, you know, in front of a window, but you're going to live with us. Yeah. And we have get that fixed. The best guest, the best guest today ever. Guests in the history of guests. Yeah, I should say. Too. Um okay, so it she was somebody who when I first started off in this industry like showed me what it could look like to a be yourself, b have fun and enjoy your job, c be a mom, and d uh in this kind of next phase like say no to things. Wow. which is so very powerful. Yes. So yes. I look up to her, which is awkward because I'm older than her, <laughs> but I have. So Samantha Ponder, the host of Sunday NFL countdown on ESPN. She was at college game day for years before that. She is terrific. She's like going to make us all feel bad about ourselves because she's one that like, you can have it all. And well, she has it all. And she the like thing does it all and does it with class. Yes. Dignity, everything. She's, she's, She's pretty amazing. And she's vulnerable and honest about like how messy it is, which is something right. that as I right. was listening to some of her podcasts preparing to do this interview, I have really come to appreciate. And, you know, she's very open on social media. She's got three amazing, adorable yeah, children. Oh, my God. They're so I mean, cute. Beautiful husband. Yep. Wonderful husband who used to be an NFL quarterback and has now started his own cool business, which we're going to talk to her about. And yep. then her mom, Cindy, is also going to join us about halfway through. So. I think Sam Ponder is somebody who, well, we just need to get out of the way and kind of let her Absolutely, talk. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, enough said. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Without further ado, it's so nice to be sitting next I to know, you, by the so way. Weird. This it's is awesome. great. It's pouring rain here in San uh -huh. Fran. That's, that's why my hair looks so bad. <laughs> But I tried my best, and um, but it's awesome to be here. It is so good to be here. here. Yeah, I, I I'm know. So I've never been happier. It's so going to be a great go. hour. Enjoy it this really conversation. Is immaculate in your house, Sam and Cindy Ponder. Samantha Ponder, this is exciting, and I'm just going to come right out and say life. it. Yes, because this <laughs> okay. we're all about vulnerability in a safe space. So I am just going to no. tell you that I have loved you in my heart for many, many years. And if this podcast only brings me together with Lisa and with you, it will have done like what the universe brought it to do. So thank you for being okay. here. Well, you're and to I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. For a moment. Jeez. Yeah. That's, that, genuinely, I, because I know that you're a genuine person. I've followed your career for a while because we obviously have mutual friends. That means a lot coming from you because I've seen the way you work and that you're doing it all while being a mom. Um, I just have a, a great amount of respect for you and for Lisa. I'm a, I'm a super fan. So this was an easy yes. I love it. Thank love you. That. Well, we best. appreciate that. And I, I said this in the intro before we brought you on, but like the gift that you gave me, you showed me what it was like to be a mom and to do all of these different things and to have this successful career and to really enjoy what you do. Like it, it's clear that the joy that you have and the enthusiasm that you have for your craft on the air. And Lisa said, you know, she's kind of the living example that you can have it all, which is true. And I think you do a really good job about being vulnerable and honest that it's like messy and not perfect by any stretch. Totally. So I kind of want to start with that. Like, well, let's just start with, okay, how, do, how are you coming into today? Like, are your kids home? Are they at school? How is the morning? Like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm coming in sweating right now okay. because I've been like wrangling. So we're doing, we're Lucky. on spring break right now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. so, and when I say we, I mean like collectively, we are all handling this spring break thing. And I know that, um, there's probably a reason why it's two weeks, but two weeks, 
with three children at home. Two weeks and, break. What? Uh, you got to get your money back from that school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you kidding me? So the only reason I'm even remotely presentable today is because I get to take my kids to uh, a live Encanto performance. Uh, the good thing about living in New York City, one of the good things with kids is that there's just a million things to do. So even on spring break, you can kind of feel like you're actually on vacation, even though we're not. But um, I'm normally just in survival mode. And if you would have caught me, I actually forced them with threats to nap um, today, which they no never way. do because oh, they're going to be up super late tonight. But if you would have heard the voice I was using like 10 minutes ago, <laughs> you would have been like, no, she doesn't have this whole balance thing all together. <laughs> they're so napping? Bad. All three of your kids are napping right now? Well, I threaten them. Like, See, wow. I, I, I tell them they have to stay in their beds. Mm. Who knows what goes on? You know, I- And that one did tell me that I have to I stay know. in my bed. Oh my gosh, that's like a dream. I just had that conversation with my eight-year-old daughter scout because she's in that stage where like she wants to stay up late and anything adults yeah. do is like so much cooler and last night she was like crying when i put her to bed I'm like scout do you know that really top top three things i wish for at this stage <laughs> of my life is someone to tell me i have to go to bed like i just, I just want to sleep and i know it doesn't compute yet but someday she'll get it someday oh. she will absolutely i just remember being sleep deprived and how old is your youngest? So we've got eight-year-old daughter, five-year-old son, four-year-old daughter. Yeah. So, and we're, I don't know how it was for you, Lisa, but like first two were like, man, this thing is kind of easy. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, yeah. parents are so hard. It changes your life. Our first two were like, you know what? I think we, we sort of got this. That third one we threw in. <laughs> and you moved to a zone defense and every, See, yeah. This girl is a spitfire. She's call her our, our Sour Patch Kid because she's so sweet. She'll like, come up and get in your lap and just want to be held. That girl will slap you in the face. Like, <laughs> no. Yes. I love a good But you know what? Girl. That's a good trait yeah. to have because my youngest daughter is also cut from that same yeah. cloth. And I'm like, I don't want to dim that light because I want you mm -hmm. to have that spirit and fire and, you know, chutzpah for when you're older. But boy, it makes, you know, every meal and every time you put your shoes on and every time you have to get dressed or leave the house or anything, like it's a battle. Yeah, it's a battle. I'd rather have to reel them in in terms of confidence and feeling like they have an opinion. I'd rather have to reel them in than try and like pull it out of them. You totally. know, because, and I know that's like setting yourself up for trouble, but I, yeah. I do think there's something to be said for a little early confidence and, uh, you know, in, in little girls, sometimes it's hilarious to watch my husband with her because he grew up with just three boys in the family and like football dad and all that. And he's got his work cut out for him. <laughs> sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, there you go. Enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy it. She's all yours. I, we got to talk to you about Christian because we saw him on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And again, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Sam's husband. Like it was like, it's great. But I was like, oh my God, this is him. But you, can you tell the story for people who don't know yeah. how you guys met? Because I think it's going to give hope to to all of the people who are sliding into everybody's DMs on Twitter that, that there is love out there. There's <laughs> yeah, hope. or that we are actually as crazy as people may think. Um, I, the shortened version of it, and honestly, the shortened version sounds even worse because there's something off and to be honest I still don't like fully understand how it all went down but young love I guess that's how it goes uh -huh. um we he hit me up on Twitter and I remember being like I only worked college football at the time and I remember thinking like why is the old Florida State quarterback like I I wasn't staying up with the NFL stuff I'm like oh that's weird but I didn't cover ACC like I wasn't an East Coast girl I was all well Pac-10 at the time yeah. And, um, and so, but I had a boyfriend and I, I was like, oh, whatever. But he, it was just the beginning of Twitter. And I'm like, all right, I can't just like ignore him. So I wrote back, he asked me something about like, I'm thinking of moving to Austin. Like, what's it like or whatever? I had just Great started. Line. Great. I know. Hey, I had Twitter just started. shoot. Twitter shoot. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. I had just started working for Longhorn Network. So I moved to Austin, but he was from Dallas. I'm like, I, I don't know. Get a realtor, like something. Anyway, <laughs> I this sounds shady, but I followed him back because Ashley, you'll understand this. Like at the beginning of my career, my worst nightmare was having some sort of like shady connection to an athlete. 
So yep. I sent him a personal message after that and was like, hey, dude, you can't like say that stuff out there for everyone to see. They're going to think something's going on. I didn't even, this this is terrible, but I wasn't even like, hey, my boyfriend might not like it. I was like, no, 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 this is bad for my career. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, the, the guy I was dating, it was kind of a casual thing. We ended up breaking up over the summer. That was like in the spring. Then during training camp, and you'll both understand how crazy this is. He sends me another message. We had a mutual friend with the Vikings that knew the guy that I had been dating and knew we broke up. He sends me another message on mm -hmm. Twitter and we start talking on the phone. So that's, you know, training camp, late July, August every night we spoke for like four hours and in some ways i'm like you know what now in high he wasn't, so he wasn't studying that's was very sacrificial wow that's the love. starting quarterback for the vikings in his second year and i'm like so yeah when i was in third grade this was really hard you know, like i don't know what we were thinking but anyway he had a thursday night game last week of um of camp so they play on Thursday and then, you know, they have the next couple of days off. I had just gotten the college game day job. So I was in Dallas for our opening weekend was one of those, like, I think it was Michigan, Alabama at Cowboy Stadium. My first experience. Oh, wow. And Ashley, like, you know, I had no clue what I was getting into with game mm -hmm. day. I didn't have growing up, so I'd never even seen it. So they're like, you know, bringing me out on this golf cart. Everyone's screaming. I'm surrounded by frat boys. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the night before that, he flew to Dallas to see his family and no. came over to the hotel. And this sounds so shady, but it's actually not. We stayed up all night talking because I was like, you can't, no I can't be like seen with you. You have and to this come. This is the season for him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. So this is on a Friday night, same day, Saturday morning. I did not sleep at all the night before my first time on college game day. I'm like staggering out there with like Dez and Kirk and Corso and all these people. I am, it was like an out of body experience. So that was- uh, Were you stressed? Like I have anxiety. I have, I'm thinking so my stomach for you, yeah. You know what, I, I've learned this throughout my career and this is a terrible uh, character trait that I have, but I think I do better <laughs> when I'm like, sick or exhausted because I'm like well if I suck yeah, I, mean, I have a great excuse right. <laughs> yeah yeah, right. yeah I know true. that yes I know that I yeah. think it kind of like calmed me down in a way because I was like this is gonna go really poorly but like I didn't sleep so anyway we so our PR lady at ESPN at the time comes up at game day and she's like hey I want you to meet this guy this is the quarterback of the Vikings we like shake hands like we had that you know like oh, very okay, nice so to nice meet to you guys just spent all night with yeah talking yeah <laughs> yes so then he goes back to Minnesota that's September 1st 2012 we were engaged December 17th, 2012 and no. married, no, engaged December 2nd, married December 17th of 2012. No way. No way. Was not pregnant. I know that's, you're thinking that. that is no, no. I, that's the ultimate true love of shoot or shoot. He knows what he wants. He's like, that's it. And you, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, it's wild when you wild. think about it, but that's also it's kind story. of like, that is an amazing yeah. story. And kind of when you know, you know, yeah. right? I that think we both admitted anymore. to each other at this point that we were both scared that each other was like the best we could do. <laughs> and we didn't <laughs> want the other person to find out. <laughs> like, okay, actually. Now, how do you feel about it? Yeah, so now, how many, how so you now that you're 11 yeah. years in. Yeah. Yeah, now <laughs> I know it's wild that it has been that long. But that, and, and I think for both of us, you guys know how this is. I had gone from Longhorn Network to all of a sudden on game day. Uh. He had gone from Florida State and like his first year played a little bit, but he was, you know, he kind of came in later in the season to like, this is his second year. All of a sudden they're in the playoffs. It was like when they beat the Packers to go to the playoffs and Adrian Peterson's there, they're having like their best year in a long time. Our lives all of a sudden, and I'm still traveling five days a week. So wow. our lives went from like zero to a hundred real quick. It was wild. Did, how did your family feel about like, how, cause then, cause you guys got married sort of at a courthouse. You had a bigger wedding later, Yeah, but you got married, went to Arby's that night. I've seen. Oh, yeah. And then an ugly sweater party for the O-linemen. They were like, where are you, man? Why are you here? Was that, was that like what you dreamed about as a little girl? Like, was that like We've your night in shiny no. armor? <laughs> I don't know if either of you are like this, but I just, it's not that I ever thought I wouldn't get married, but I wasn't one of those girls who like dreamt of my it. wedding yeah. and yeah. 
you know, I was such a little tomboy and like all I wanted was like my dad to tell me I was like doing good work in the yard and had a good <laughs> crossover. Like that's all, that my, you know, so much of my world was connected to like my dad as a basketball and football coach and all four kids like playing sports. I don't know. I, I don't, I never envisioned a wedding like in right. my mind um which is probably good because that probably would have been, yeah. been a little disappointed uh, <laughs> for the reception but yeah we we did that that wedding in or the wedding we went to that courthouse in wisconsin because christian was convinced that the minnesota media wouldn't know so we wouldn't we didn't tell anyone not even our own parents and then that night so then we go to arby's while we're waiting for the paperwork that night, then we go to the O-line uh, ugly sweater party. No one knows, no like way. literally no one, except for the people that were there. And uh, he gets a call from some local reporter in Minnesota oh, that was like, did you get married? Yeah. And I'll just never forget sitting on the end of the bed. And he goes, oh crap, I had to call my mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Lisa, can you imagine? No, no oh, that is insane. That is it's so... <laughs> What did she say? Was she okay? Did I didn't hear that. No, you hadn't even met her. I had met her okay. because we had a another game day thing in Dallas, I think. Um, no, wait. I don't honestly it's terrible. I don't remember. The good thing is his mom is like a total sweetheart. Um, I think they I think they were probably super pissed, but um he grew up with parents that were like much more hands-on um in terms of like involvement in their life i had very right. like, range parents right <laughs> you better I go to them and make sure that they know that. Wow. <laughs> but my parents to be honest like and my mom could speak for herself but like mm -hmm. i don't even think they were surprised i was such a and i think at that point in my life like i had already this is like way tmi but like i had been in a terrible relationship that ended in like restraining orders i was like oh, flying gosh. all over the country i had had so much life experience at that point, even though I was only 26 or 27, say, that at that point, I so knew what I didn't want that like, it was going to happen fast. You knew right I'm away. Right. You'd gotten all, yeah. The and they knew that I didn't feel like I had to get married. Like right. I didn't feel the pressure of like, oh my gosh, clock's ticking. And it's why can't I find her? I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, so, it's amazing that you said that your mom can speak for herself because Cindy, <laughs> it's like Hi. that. Okay. Cindy wow. Steele joins yes, the show. Welcome. Oh, Hi, Mom. Mom. Cindy. Hi, Sam. <laughs> so good to have you. Thank you for doing this. I'm glad to be here. Oh, uh, Cindy, wait, before we say, yeah. what was your reaction when you found out your daughter was married? After well, how many months? I don't know. I, mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I just okay. didn't know the exact time. So. Oh <laughs> had you met Christian before? Had you met him? Yes. Yes. And what do you think for real? I'm He's really not gonna listen to this. As Sam will tell you, when it comes to that kind of thing, I'm you know, I I trust her judgment. No, she just loves everyone. She's a sweetheart. <laughs> Did everyone you love What like, about the boyfriend with the restraining order? Did you love that one too? Like, no, oh, I was ready to hunt him down. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but you did you love him before that? Oh. Yes, Lisa. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. He, was, he was a charmer. Charmer. Yeah. yeah, they all are. The they one always that restraining orders yeah, usually right? are the most charming. That's that is for sure. Wow. wow. Okay, then I gotta That's ask too. Last thing on on Christian because this is so. I just love that story, and it's amazing yeah. that you guys have now been together for eleven years and have this amazing family, and that it all worked. Again, it's like giving people false hope probably for what's realistic from a Twitter <laughs> DM. Um, but your decision to change your name on air, I was surprised at how many people had opinions about that. So from your wow. perspective, like, was it, was it a thing? Like, did you, did ESPN yeah. try to tell you no? You, Cause Sam Steele is like a hell of a name as a Sam Ponder, but man, the no, 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 it is a better Christian says this too. Christian's like, man, Christian Steele actually sounds cooler too. Like <laughs> your mean, name was way better before. And I look, I knew that, like, I knew that people had always told me before, like, oh, that's like a TV name. It was also a porn star name though. So I was like, you know, I oh. don't hate that. Like now I'm a little, maybe that's why you split in your DMs. Maybe you were sliding in the wrong person's DMs. And, Whoops, sorry. It was all a mistake. Oh my gosh, Lisa, everything is making sense now. <laughs> Uh, you yeah, might have to go have years, a chat with him after years this to figure this out <laughs> oh my gosh but the funny thing is now like in hindsight there's so many things i did in my life i mean shoot getting married was probably one of them 
where I, I didn't even, I wasn't processing like what this will mean for my career. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I remember it was a bowl game because we got married December 17th. So the first time afterwards, and I just went to the, I didn't say anything to like my bosses or anybody. I just went up to our producer before the game and I was like, Hey man, you're going to need to change my name on whatever that little thingy under oh, when wow. I talk. <laughs> and he was like, uh, are you sure? Like, yeah. Is that a wedding announcement? Is this and then at that point, it's like, there's no turning back. You can't be like eh, next week. You know, this isn't going great. I'm going to go back to that old name. It's over. Can you change it back? That's really awesome. So did you get blowback? From, like, was there anyone that gave you a hard time? I was like, no, it's done. And this is. No. Yeah. To be fair. And I will say like the game day crew, like my bosses there and like, we were all a hot mess, like this dysfunctional little family. And they knew how I was. I, mean, I was the same way when I got pregnant with Scout. Like I didn't even tell anybody for like the first six or seven months because I was like I just don't want everybody's opinion on it yeah, and actually you know this and Lisa you know this too it's like when you're in an industry where it's just constant feedback constantly people tell like I just wanted some things to be like I'm not going to ask I may ask for yeah. forgiveness later but I'm certainly not asking permission and well, that's the key yeah and you don't need I, to right yeah. exactly yeah. but no, we were true. programmed to think that right. we do because yeah. it's like you're a version of yourself on tv and so all of these decisions that should be just your decision. Ultimately, I and think we the, give other people permission to make those decisions. Absolutely. And you, so Twitter was starting out obviously, cause that's, he slid in your DMS. Was it because <laughs> Twitter has gotten so ugly? Like you Talk, can't do anything yeah. without criticism. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I assume you filter that out. You don't even like read that. Even I blocked like the whole state of Minnesota when I lived there. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, they Minnesota. Study yeah. that said like that Minnesota has the most negative sports Twitter. And I'm like, actually, I don't even really know because yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I can't see them. Yeah. In my I, timeline. I think it's because they're cold. They're always cold. Yes. I, I actually anybody from Minnesota, I always oh ask them. Tell me about Minnesota nice. I want yeah. to know what that is. Trying to find it. But to be honest, I'm super grateful that I grew up without any of that. Like I remember the first Same. things I saw in Twitter and stuff was late in college. I was like doing uh, small cable TV stuff. And I remember people would be like, oh, her eyebrows are so terrible. Yeah. And I just remember like thinking like, oh my gosh, like at yeah, that time. All I'd ever heard was what like my little group of people said. And certainly- Who are the only people that actually matter, by yeah. the way. Right. Yes, yeah. of course. Like when when you your guys... mom tells you, then you listen. Yes. Like I remember one time my mom was like, you might want eyeliner. I was like, oh, dang, okay. Nice. <laughs> she was right. So like, you know, I'm not offended. But having that constant influx, if I would have had that earlier on, I am- 100% sure I would not have gone into this industry wow. because I came in with all the confidence in the world. I was oh like, God, I'm really so sad. Awesome. <laughs> that makes me sad that there's probably girls out there that won't go into it because of this, because of like I the trolls. 1000%. I think that I think, that, I think that's exactly right, Sam. I hadn't actually thought about it that way, but you're totally right. If, if, if everything that we had done, especially early in our career was on display, or if I had been on Instagram or even Facebook at that formative age, when other people's opinions they still influence all of, of us course, clearly, right. but it, I think that that is such a critical age. And now you have daughters and you see it and yes. you understand even at a, at a young age, how important it can be. I, I got to ask you guys, because I was listening to an interview that the two of you did with Lynette Lewis, um, who both of you said that you didn't really remember doing. Nice. So I'm going to send you the link. <laughs> it was there the in the Steel family. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was really amazing to me. It was like exactly what I needed to hear. I was listening to it earlier this week. And one of the me things too. that you guys talked about was the, the evolution of your relationship now, Sam, is, as, as an adult and becoming a mom. And Cindy, you had mentioned, so I, I guess I'll just start with that. Like, Cindy, your relationship with your mom was what? And how is it different now? with Sam as she is an adult as your daughter. Yeah, you know, my mom was kind of removed, okay? So I didn't I didn't really know her. Um, I mean, she was there, but she was involved outside of our home, so I didn't really get to know her much. Um, I don't know, with Sam, I, I honestly, I don't remember thinking about relationship. I mean, Sam, was she just lit up the room when she came in. She was 
so much fun. She was, everybody loves Sam. And so, I mean, there was relationship, but I don't remember thinking about it. I just knew I wanted to, I loved her. I wanted to care for her. I wanted to provide everything she needed, but I just don't remember thinking about that. And then as we got older, I did. And it began to evolve into, okay, what does this look like? I mean, one thing that you got to know about Sam, she is a truth teller. Mm. She can speak truth into your life. Maybe that you don't want to hear it. The time, but then you back, hear. Oh, oh, that's so true. <laughs> I wish I knew that years ago. <laughs> I'm her. <laughs> And kids do that in general, but I, I, I think I exactly, you don't need, you don't necessarily want to hear it, but the basis of all really solid relationships, especially like familial relationships is honesty. Mm -hmm. Well, and it required a season of us. Like when I left, I, I moved away at 18, moved to New York on my own. And, and we were kind of old school with that. Like now I feel like parents like, you know, take their kids to school and are still paying all the bills. And like, still, like mine was like, Mm -hmm. peace. (laughs) And I didn't even have a cell phone at the beginning. So it was, you know, it was kind of how it used to be. We were a little traditional in that way. And I actually think even though there are some years where I'm like, oh, I really should have been like calling my mom more and everything. It was good to have that separation because it really was a transition then into like a new season of friendship and relationship where Mm -hmm. I came home and like, yes, of course she's still my mom. And like, you know, I'll, I'll go to her in ways I wouldn't go to a friend, but, um, but there was a different level of like, I think mutual respect and connection and, conversation about things that we weren't able to have before because it was a very like you're the mom and I'm the daughter like that that distinction was really made to the point where to what she's saying about like truth telling I've definitely erred on just being the bratty daughter that's like mom why are you wearing that like that (laughs) that kind of stuff um there was for sure some of that but I think a lot of it was just getting to the point where I wanted that connection of like I need a truth teller in my life. Like, can we, can we help each other out here? And, and we got really close in that season. Yeah. She would do things like, um, I'm married. Her dad is, um, an attorney coach, left brain, really tough, not emotional kind of guy. And I remember one time Sam goes, mom, you're trying to become like dad. Quit it. You know, just be yourself, you know, and that made me think, you know what, I am trying to fit into this. I, w- I was the only non-athlete in our family. And that has challenges because sure. oh, yeah. my music and my Hebrew and Greek and all the things that I do. And I kind of got like embarrassed that I didn't fit into their world. And Sam freed me to... <laughs> with that to just be myself. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I, and I think there's so much, and we've talked about this before, but there's, and you said Luke came home the other day and was, and was kind of expounding on what he's realized is your, her youngest, that there, there's a lot of dynamics and there's a lot of, you know, what did he use the word neurotic tendencies between a mom and a daughter, especially as adults. I mean, you go through the stuff you go through as kids and teenagers and all of that, but it's, it's a beautiful and important relationship. So I guess I would just ask both of you as, as two people who have poured into each other to have that friendship for someone listening who wants to have a closer relationship with their mom or or their dad as adults, like what, what would you say, what advice would you give or what, what would you say to, to somebody who is kind of looking at it? Like I, it's not too late, first of all, right? Like no matter how many years it's been, it's not too late. Oh, cause our relationship was so different before, you know, I, my, my parents are old school in traditional. I mean, I grew up in a, a Christian environment um, and it was a very like, uh, don't ask, don't tell some in some mm-hmm. ways. Like we, it was just like the parents are the parents and the kids are the kids. And there's some of that that I think is, is healthy in terms of like respect for authority and things like that. But I, I think what we both realized is actually what's brought us together um, has been shared vulnerability because I think as a kid and look, some of this is age of, you know, your parent, you have to use the discernment to know what's age appropriate, but like, 
there was no, I didn't know that my mom ever messed up. You know, I didn't know, like there, right. there just wasn't communication. And I'm sure because that's what they were taught. Like they were raised in an environment where you didn't talk about any of your struggles with your children or your, like, that's just not the way it goes. And I think as I've gotten older, what I've realized is to a certain extent, and obviously there's the parents that try and just be like the friend at the club all the time. Like you don't want to go <laughs> to right. that extreme, but to a certain extent, like, sharing. I mean, I, I had this moment and look, I'm not saying I'm doing it right, but I, I had this moment the other day with my oldest where I had just gotten like really frustrated and like, I don't know, honestly, like kind of rude about little stuff. And I went back to her that night and I just remember being like, I just had an attitude all day. Okay. It's not you like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that, but this is actually a me problem right now. Like I'm dealing with some others and like, you could tell there was this like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Whatever. And that meant a ton, I'm sure to her. Yeah. That's... Well, I think it's just the awareness, you know, yeah. and my mom and I now I think are in that place where like, we got into it the last time I was in Phoenix, like we'll, we'll go at each other like moms and daughters do. But at the end of the conversation, it was like, mom, honestly, like me getting to the place where I could say, mom, what I was really looking for there was you to just be like, it's okay. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that sometimes it really is just the other person needs to feel love. Like it doesn't always have You're to be like right. a perfect lesson. And like, here's the sermon for the situation. Like what we're really looking for is connection. And so my mom and I have like grown so much in that way. I think mom, I'm probably speaking for you. No, that's true. That's true. Cindy, was it an adjustment for you to have this relationship evolve? Because that's hard. That's a hard thing for a parent to kind of let go, but still stay there and be there for them at the same time. It's definitely. Yeah, maybe it was spring too. It was, there was something in me that wanted that relationship. I had just never been taught how to do that. And so Sam really helped me. And I think the younger generation maybe help parents to process these things. And so she really helped me to just learn some basic things, like just, you know, the biggest regret I have of parenthood is being too busy. We were too busy. It wasn't about margins. It was about the core of who we were. It was too much. And so now I am doing my best to just be available in my kids and whatever. Sam knows if, if she needed me, I drop whatever I'm doing and go, you know, and you have four kids, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. And is it how many grandkids? Like a thousand grandkids. Twelve grandkids. Wow. What a so blessing. being oh, available, awesome. I mean, it's a total yeah. blessing. And and being available equally to all of them is probably something they maneuver. And by the way, you you have you've done some amazing things in your life. I want Sam to brag on you for a little bit because I, I know you've done some really cool things. I know you're shaking your head, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna give Sam yeah. a floor. Yeah, don't on your mute, mute her for a second. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. She's saying this about like being too busy and like that she's you know, wants to be available now. Um, you know, there's there's positives and negatives. And I, I will acknowledge, like, we grew up in the era of, like, you know, everybody's doing a million things. And there was, like, church and sports and just constant. And it, it was too much. But, um, one, we learned a lot from that about how to figure it out. You know, like half of my life was spent at a gym waiting for somebody's practice to end or waiting, you know, for the city bus to get home or waiting for mom to be done at church because she was our church pianist. And, you know, there are so many things that I look back on my own ignorance, like as a kid, I thought of my mom, you know, she played the piano at my church and I knew she was smart because she was always like teaching us about different countries. She, she was a stay at home mom though. And in my little mind, it was like my dad's out there working and doing all this stuff. And my mom's a stay at home mom. And I didn't think it was a bad thing, but I just, I saw that in like this box. And then as I got older, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like such an idiot. Cause I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom had 
traveled the world, had like crazy experiences in all these different countries and was in Moscow and was in uh, Bangladesh and all these different places. I just, all I could see was like my mom's making dinner, you know, like I, my little like kid brain was so small mm -hmm. now. So then we all, she raises four kids, gets us all out of the house and all doing different things. And then in her sixties, she's like, huh, I think I want to go back to school and goes and gets her master's goes to seminary and now learn Hebrew and Greek and spend a lot of every year living over in Bethlehem. My dad was coaching the Palestinian national basketball team. And my mom figured instead of just like sitting around while he's doing that, I'm going to like make a bunch of friends and go on archaeology digs. And now she's a part of an ar archaeology group over there. And then when my dad was the head coach of the South Sudan national basketball team. She was traveling all over the world and going to Cairo and going to, she has, we call her in our family very lovingly. We call her Carmen San Diego because we never <laughs> know who she is. We're and, in and, and that was just mom, you know, like I told yeah. so we did like a women's celebrating women or something at ESPN last week. And they asked me about like an inspiring woman. And it was just like, I didn't even, it didn't, I didn't hesitate. It was immediate. They were like, why name a woman and why she's inspiring to you. And I was like, my mom is six, wait, 66 mom. I'm somewhere around there. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, and she has a whole new life wow. like in, in her mid sixties, like decided like, no, I'm not going to coast and just like chill on a golf course somewhere. Right. I am going to live every moment of my life. I am going to keep an open mind and grow and do all of that while still sending cards to my kids every week, teaching my kids piano on FaceTime every Wednesday night from Phoenix <laughs> to New York. She teaches them when she's in Bethlehem in the Middle East. Oh um, my gosh. I'm different. I mean, she is, she really is superwoman. So, and I, don't get me wrong. I love my dad and respect my dad, but it's so funny how he changes how I thought, oh, wow, he's so cool. Like, he's great at basketball. Like, I love that my dad had like a perfect jump shot. Now I'm like, I had this crazy, amazing mom and I didn't get it. And now I do. Wow. That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Cindy, what's it like to hear your daughter talk about you that way? Because that's, first of all, I was obsessed with Sam, but now I, sorry, yes. Sam, I think your mom just took over top yeah, spot. Sorry. I'm humble. She's so uncomfortable right now, you guys. Oh. <laughs> okay, then fine, Cindy, we'll give you a turn. Tell us, tell okay. us how your daughter inspires you. What was it like to watch her career? Because there are careers that take off and then there are careers that are literally on rocket ships, which is your daughter moved to New York with no cell phone, not really a plan. She's working at ESPN Zone, I think, if I, if I saw that correctly. Yeah, and she was a hostess at ESPN Zone. Yeah, not, not hosting like same ESPN, but the same way. A hostess in a different way. I didn't hear her at the beginning, so I don't know how much you know, but she was so directed. I mean, again, she she was like this really hard worker. I don't I don't even know she remembers but we called her Mac because she was like a manual laborer in, in our house. You know, if you wanted bricks moved, tell Mac and she'd oh, yeah. move. And, and that carried over into her sports. All the coaches wanted Sam on their teams, you know. So she had this confidence that built, you know, I think through the years because she was so loved and desired. And then, um, Third grade, I think she decided she was going to be a broadcaster. And then wow. I remember, I remember when she graduated from high school. She and she went, you know, to the TV studios and bugged them to death. I'm sure um, in junior high and high school, trying to get to know people, you know. And um, then when she graduated, she was giving a speech at her graduation. And they announced her, the principal announced her. This is Samantha Steele. She is going to be a broadcaster for ESPN. No way. I looked, I looked around <laughs> and thought, maybe we could have been a little more general about what you're going to do. But she knew. knew. And here we are. Yeah. She knew what she wanted and wow. she did let me clarify two things. One, the only reason I was giving a speech, that makes it sound like I was like valedictorian or something. No, I, I wasn't. But I did yeah, a lot of it was English as a second language. They were like, 
she speaks decently. All right, go, go ahead. Um, but so I, I do remember those being in my little seat and the principal getting up there and actually her words verbatim because I've never forgotten. She said, she's going to be on your TV broadcasting for ESPN in five years. And I started, I'm not great at math, but I was like, five years? Dear Lord, five years. Five years is very fast. A lot of pressure. Five years to do high school. Like, I can't, this is not good. Um, but honestly, I never felt that pressure. I, I was so excited. I mean, I showed mm -hmm. up in New York City with my mom could like vouch for this. I had one credit card that had a $250 limit. Oh my God. My mom did send me, I don't think my dad knew cause he was like the cut him off and let him learn dad. Mm -hmm. My mom would send me like Wendy's coupons. So I had every oh, meal at Wendy's. Um, <laughs> and then like I got a free Pazuki at ESPN zone at the end of the night. So I was living off Pazookis, which was really great for my figure. It was very attractive. Um, it was good for your skin too. Yeah, I'm and sure at Wendy's you have the good. free saltines too. If you go to Wendy's, you can <laughs> yes, like grab those for late yes. I wondered why I was covered in acne. And <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know why, um, but I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel that pressure. Like, and I do think that was a gift of having parents that were not awed by that stuff. Like we didn't know anybody famous or on TV or whatever, yeah. but my parents always gave us that thought, like, there is nobody worth more than you. And there's nobody worth less than you. Wow. And if I can get my kids to understand that, like it frees you up to, I would go into meetings with these executives at NBC and ABC. And I, I mean, I probably should have felt a little fear, but I felt nothing. Like, yeah. I'm there, like, wow. I'm there was a guy at Fox. I don't think he's there anymore. So I'll just say it. But like, yeah. <laughs> I walked into his office and of course he was so annoyed that I was even there in the first place. And I pitched him. This was in 2000, uh, maybe nine. It was Twitter had just come out. And I was like, I got this idea for a sideline reporter to get direct questions from fans, like what they really want to know, so that I can then be like the voice of the fan. I always thought the Love idea it. of a sideline reporter, yeah. yes, oh my god, actually giving yes. access. What's the point of telling random stories from the sideline that they can tell in the booth? So anyway, so I go and I pitch him this idea, and I'll never forget. He looked at me and he goes, "This tweeter thing is just a fad." And I was like, "Oh, oh gosh, okay, yeah, where is he I now? Yeah. Did you invite him to the wedding?" <laughs> I don't remember being discouraged. I remember thinking like, this idiot doesn't know anything. <laughs> that was just my mentality from the beginning. And it really was from the way I was raised and how much my parents freed me up to be like, go try all the things. If you have all the success in the world, awesome. If you don't, awesome. Like, we're you here are you. okay you and no you matter have, what. Yeah, you have such a nice base at home to catch you. I remember, yeah. wasn't it Olivia said that too? Yeah. She's like, oh, I had such I a security a blanket, a net, that if something was to go wrong, I have a great family back home that'll support me no matter what. But that's just, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Very lucky you had that. Your yeah. parents are amazing. I love it. Faith is clearly such a big part of your family. And Sam, a big part of your upbringing. And Cindy, I assume yours too. And a huge part of your life. So I, I would just love to know, I think there's a lot of parents who are faith oriented who want their kids to also have faith be a big part of their life. And I think a lot of times parents don't know necessarily how to maneuver that, or at least a lot, many who I've talked to have struggled with that. So how did, you know, just, if you can both talk to me about the way that you kind of came into your faith and how you, you know, how it shows up in your family and what you do to try and make it so that Sam, I'm sure it's important to you too, that your kids know and feel what you feel from your faith. Yeah, I would say the um, the best thing that my parents did, and look, we all mess this stuff up because it's no like straight journey for anybody. Like it's a bumpy road. You're figuring this out as you go. But the best thing that my parents did is they lived it. Like yeah. it, it wasn't like they were taking us to church and like teaching mm -hmm. us these things. And then we saw when they got home, it was like, oh, here's what they really care about. They care yeah. about money and yeah. like, you know, stuff. And like, no, they, they, lived it all the time. I mean, I remember multiple times, whether it was like Christmas and we didn't, and at the time it was like devastating as a kid, but we didn't do Christmas presents because they picked us up and took us to Quito, Ecuador. And we were painting houses in junior high and, wow. you know, yeah. taking all our money over there and giving it to kids there. Like those were sacrifices that they made that yes, like we were kind of required to sacrifice too. But I think the way they actually lived was the best testament to their faith. Cause I have lots of friends who grew up in Christian homes and were taught these, all these same things, 
but I don't know. I, I just have a hard time if I don't see it, you know, like I got to yeah. see it for myself. And I, I will say like, this is a bumpy road for me. Like I have been in seasons, especially like throughout the pandemic of like questioning and wrestling. And my favorite thing about like going through that period um, that I'm still in, in some ways, is that my parents have never been afraid of that. Like I, I had one sibling that had like major doubts, major, I mean, not even doubts, just like, uh, hold up, I don't like this. I don't think this, I don't believe this. And, um, you know, there's the initial shock, but then like my parents always played the long game. Like they were not in it to just like raise good kids. They wanted to raise faithful adults. And so none of our stories are done yet. And if you ended our story today, you'd be like, actually, like things aren't really going all that well for everybody. But they've always been about the long game. Like they've mm -hmm. always seen big picture instead of like getting too much in the minutia of like, well, what are they struggling with today? They haven't been afraid of my struggles and seasons of struggle and there probably have been a lot of them um but at the end of the day i know they're not faking it like i know that they have literally given their lives to what they believe and you can't argue with that you know like, um, they walk, yeah. yeah for sure you know my my consolation is that faith is from God, you know? So I, I really am trying to do my best to depend on him to provide whatever we need. There's a song, um, I can't quote it, but it says something about the things that hinder love become part of the story. And so all of those things that get in the way and you know, that you just, how, how are we gonna get through this? We just, take it to the Lord and let him make it part of our story. So I, I don't know. I just pray a lot. Yeah. <laughs> We've given her plenty of uh, things to talk about. <laughs> Not four kids. There's a lot of prayers that, yeah. that go up. Yes. I, I'm sure I have no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> no. And I just appreciate how open, you know, and, and Sam, especially for you as someone who I know there are so many young people, young women in particular who look up to you and the way, you know, you just look on your social media pages and the way that you've been outward, not just about all of the great things in your life, but you've been really honest too. And, and your faith is a part of that and the struggles that you've been through. And I just, I really appreciate it because I think it's easy to only see highlight reels. Mm. And I think in, in every interview that I've ever heard you do, and in, in, even in something like this, you've been really open and honest and vulnerable about, Hey, it's not as like great and perfect as it all looks like everybody is going through this and the journey and story is still unfolding and it's not done yet. Yeah. I think it's important, especially for people who are people of faith to not in any way um, frame the Christian walk in particular, just cause that's what I know. Like as something that is like once you decide then everything's amazing and then you yeah. get the job and then you get the husband like we've been a hot mess like <laughs> yes on the surface like you could write out my resume and like oh i have three healthy children like these are all good things but like it is a daily struggle like we i mean i'm not in therapy but i should be like, <laughs> because like the, it is not easy and that's also why i've never tied my faith to uh i just never wanted to monetize my faith because what happens when you start like doing all the speaking circuit things and and people put you on that pedestal is like that's our christian poster person you then as soon as you start tr struggling you're going to do one of two things. You're going to completely fall off the wagon and like mm -hmm. disappear, or you're going to keep it all secret. And you're going to be afraid to ever say like, man, I don't know what's going on right now, or I've made some really bad decisions because then that's tied to like providing to your, for your family. So I've just chosen to go the path of like, I'm not going to tell people what to believe. And I'm going to be honest about like this journey for me, because I, I do believe that in the end it all works out. And that's the like yeah. verse that is always stuck with me is like, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. And I don't know how that all works, but I'm counting on that, that being true in the end. And she's not um, reticent to ask the hard questions. I mm. mean, that's what I love about Sam. A lot of people just kind of smile and go along, not Sam. Yeah. And she, if she's around, you know, a famous, well-known pastor, she'll just confront him with it and go, but what about this? You know? <laughs> and they're like, wait, I don't know that is. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's the same one who showed up in the in the office of the Fox exec and said, yeah. "Hey, I got an idea." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's important. I okay. The the last thing that I really wanted to ask you about, and then Lisa, I'll let you have the last say. But I I think Sam, you touched on something, and it it circled back to something that you said, Cindy, about you wish you had been more present or less busy when you were a mom. And Sam, I was listening to you do an interview and you said something that like hit me square in the face yesterday that everything is sort of, especially in, in our industry is posed as here's an opportunity for exposure. Here is something that you go get to do. Here is some, if you want to say yes to this. And you said something that is like just sticking in my brain that you came to the realization that every yes to something career oriented is a no to your family in some ways, or is a no to more availability for your family. And I think that's something that I really truly struggle with right now because of, of everything that's going on. And by the way, like, yeah, right when your kids are six and three, why don't you start a podcast? So anytime that you had it all <laughs> to second. spend with them, yeah. you're now. <laughs> and I just think that it's, it, it's a fine line that I, I think is really hard to walk. So just walk me through kind of how, because I, I'm sure that you could be doing 800 more things in your life right now if you wanted to. And mm -hmm. it feels like from the outside that you've been really intentional about what you've said yes to. So how, can you just talk about kind of how that, how you approach that and any advice that you have for Ashley, me <laughs> and yeah. anyone else listening who struggles with this? That's like the carrot they dangle, right? It's always, but this is a great opportunity. This is great exposure. Like, look where this may lead. I think um, two things. One, I have the benefit of, and in some ways it made things more challenging, but I had the benefit of having some like industry level success super early on when I didn't deserve it. Like I was just thrown into there because the timing worked out. And I was able to see that a lot of the people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of the people that were in those like mountaintop positions were freaking miserable, mm -hmm. were had torn up family lives, zero balance whatsoever. And they were on a hamster wheel they could not get off of. And the money always got bigger. It was like, you know, you start out thinking like, if I could someday make $100,000, like, oh, everything would be so much better. Okay, if I could make a million. And then it's like, if I could make five million, it never ends. Like never even ends. for these yep. guys that you see that have been doing this for 45 years, you know what they can't do? Sit at home. Like yeah. they can't. They, they don't, they've been so trained that like, this is your identity. This is who you are, that they can't even do that stuff anymore without getting the itch of like, oh, what are people saying about me? And like, what am I missing out on? It doesn't go away with age. And that scared me when I started seeing, especially as a, a woman, because we have such a shelf life in this yeah. industry, you know, generally speaking, it's like you hit 35 and it's, it's too late. What's the next yeah, thing you're going to do? Because this is coming to an end. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Admitting. And, yes. And so that's what I, I just, I observed a lot. Wow. Um, my first couple of years on game day, I was kind of like behind the scenes. I was kind of quiet because I was just like taking it all in. And I, I met a lot of people and saw a lot of things and realized like, I am not foolish enough to think it would be different for me. Like if everybody who lives this way, seems to have this outcome like i need to set up some barriers or parameters that are going to keep that from happening and that's what i did when i started having kids i mean it was all a surprise yeah. to me i wasn't expecting to have three kids in five years yeah. each one was like oh okay here we go here we are. and i just realized like i'm not gonna miss this i'm not i'm not gonna, we're not gonna do I can't believe you, you realize that at an early age that's amazing i actually wanted this portion i want to send it to Christian, my son, my son, Christian, not your husband, <laughs> and let him listen to this too. So yeah, the, yeah, I think it's really important. That's impressive that you realize that at an early age too. Really well, amazing. It's all so seasonal, right? Like I know when you have little kids and that's why I've always, you know, when I've heard Christian, you're Christian talk about like family and stuff, I've always respected the way he talks about it too, because I think he has a, a realization that like when you're a dad, that's like, that's a big deal. You know, like that's not like you see a lot of guys, and it's not to say you can't play ball and be a dad at the same time, but Christian will tell you it was a part of the reason he stopped playing. Like he, mm -hmm. he loved being a dad, loves being a dad. Like he wanted, he didn't want to be gone for, you know, seven months out of the year. Like he, he wanted to be there. And I think a lot of us just like, 
do whatever's like the next thing in front of us and aren't really processing like what does all this mean like we get you know your kid, kids now go to school at like three or four you get like right. two or three years to be with these kids before the, somebody else is doing the majority of the raising during yes. the day like right. and i know that's always talked about like in a funny way like oh thank god their kids are in school and trust me as someone with kids on spring break right now i get that <laughs> they're but, locked in their room right now yeah yeah yes. do you hear them um but like <laughs> realizing that yes it's hard and that doesn't mean it's bad like i wanted to be there i wanted to be the one that was like there for all the struggles and if that meant that all the other stuff went away, like, yeah, that's scary. And that would suck. Like, that's what I thought was gonna happen when I told them I was quitting game day. I didn't think I was gonna get the countdown job. No one had brought that up. I got a call a week later. They were like, hey, you want Chris wow. Berman's job? I was like, who is this Ashton Kutcher? Who's talking <laughs> me right now? Like this is- I, mean, like, so I, I don't even think I realized that that's how it happened mm -hmm. it, because yeah. you, you made a decision based on what you thought was probably in some ways, like who, who walks away from that job that you had at game? Day? I was told that many times, <laughs> you know, Wow. and then it opened a door for you to, to be able to have, I mean, because it seems yeah. like this is a much better in terms of fam oh, yeah. balance right. and family. And I hate Easier. that word balance. Cause there's no such thing as Managing. balance. It's like energy management, yeah. right? That's yeah. what yeah. my friend always yeah. says. But I, I think that it's, if you hadn't done that because you, you hadn't realized that you were going to make a conscious decision this door would have never opened. So I, that's like an amazing story. I didn't even realize that that was the timing of how it worked out. Yeah, and there's some of it where like, look, because of Christian's financial situation when I married him, like I had the ability to, to step away. Yeah. So this isn't to stay to all moms, like quit your job and be home full time. Some people literally have to work in order to put food on the table. But if that's not your situation, I guess all I would say is like, that's not giving up on like, your dreams and your, that's understanding the seasons of life. Like right now, my kids are in school all day. Like I have all day during the day to do things that are just for me or to do laundry and <laughs> clean, but still you get the point. Like there's such a short season. And if you have the opportunity to spend more time, I'm not saying it's the only way, but I'm saying I have seen genuine already just like so, um, so much fulfillment in me and so much growth in me from those years spent with them. That is a beautiful, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I think Perfect. at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Like no one that we know in this industry, Sam would ever say that even people who have retired that they wished they had taken more games or more gigs <laughs> or worked more yeah. shows. Like it, that's not what no one feels that way. I mean, and that's in any industry. No one ever on their deathbed wishes that they worked, they worked more. more yeah. um, okay, Cindy, we're going to let you have the last word. Can you tell me your, uh, your favorite thing about having Sam as your daughter? Oh, my goodness. Oh, favorite thing. Well, I think Harry mentioned it. She is the one that she's my sounding board. I, I know that I will get, if nobody else will tell me the truth, Sam will. And, and that she's not going to try to put a good face on things. She just <laughs> she's honest. She's like, she's mean. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. a bitch. We got that. All right. And what about your other kids? Are they as bitchy? <laughs> she's learning. She's learning the truth and love, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I think that's a process, you know, that you develop. That's probably my, and, and she's just fun to be around, you know? Yeah. She, dressed you know <laughs> you look darling yeah you look, you look amazing she's job, doing a great sam. job, good job. Yeah. <laughs> okay sam what's your favorite thing about your mom um okay my number one favorite thing about her is that she has never stopped changing like she you know there are those people that especially as i get older it's like all right that's who they yeah, are I my mom's like yeah so i was today i was with this like a uh, 17 year old single mom and we were at this and we were chatting about that. I'm like, wait, what? Like, how are you oh, randomly, yeah. you know, or she'll be like, oh, I was down at the Jewish community center speaking with the elderly about like, you just never know the stories she's going to have. And as much as I love that about her, I, and this is connected, my like number one favorite thing is that this woman loves my children so well, where literally my children like can uh, they call her Bubby? They're like, can Bubby be my mom? <laughs> I'm like, that's offensive. 
and also I get it. Like that, they, she, that is adorable. The best grandma ever makes them feel so loved and encouraged comes at a drop of a hat. We had a medical situation with our youngest when she was first born. My mom was there for the whole thing. My dad was on a plane the next morning. Like they have loved my kids um, in some ways, like like I want to love my kids. They're just so That's well amazing. and so consistently oh. that um, it makes me wanna be a better mom. So for all her regrets on, you know, things we all mess up with our own kids, man, she is more than making up for it with her grandkids. Oh, oh, you you got me. I know yeah. that's Damn, now we're crying. I know. I know. Can you be our mom too, yes, Cindy? Yes. Like, <laughs> I'll share. I'll share. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. beautiful. You, you guys are amazing and your, your family is incredible. And I, I just have to say that Cindy, you mentioned that Sam is like a light and everybody wants to be around her and she's just fun to be around. And I, I remember there was a, a friend of mine, Joe Town, who said that there's when you think about this career and he said your job as a host is truly like a hostess, maybe at ESPN zone, <laughs> that your job is to make everyone comfortable and feel good and taken care of. And that it's not about you. Your job is to make everyone around you shine. And the way that they do that, it's like the inverse charisma of, of what can you do to make everybody feel like the best versions of themselves and watching Sam, you on television, like that is what you do. You epitomize that and you clearly do it in your life as well. And Cindy, it's clear that you do that too. So this, I mean, I, I think if you guys are up for it, like, and I always uh, get shit from Lisa because she's like, you tell everybody that we're going to have them back on, but I yeah. really want to have like a 2.0. <laughs> and we'll get maybe when Scout's a little bit older. Yes. Oh, I feel like, real truth teller. You want that, that girl will walk in, walk into my room when I'm getting ready for work, and she'll say, "Mom, that looks bad." I love it. I love it. She's a truth teller too. All right, you taught her well. Where she gets it. Oh, well, tell your beautiful kids thank you for letting us steal you for an hour of of and their spring break. Their doors. Let yeah, you can out. go unlock their doors now. Let them out. Let them out of the cages. Um, and have fun in Encanto tonight too. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun in Encanto. Oh yeah. Sure. It'll be great guys. Can't oh, wait. I <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for Andy having me. And love Sam, you, you guys are the best. Much love to you both. Thanks. Thank you. Right back at you. Wow. I don't even know how to like how we're supposed to put a bow on that one because it just kind of speaks for itself. Yes. It was so good. It They're, was so good. I want to be part of their family. I know. <laughs> I think we are. I think we are. I think, we are. I think Cindy wanted to. I think, I think she at the me. end, she Do you was. Think she liked me. I don't totally. know. One hundred percent. Oh, but no. Our our thanks to to Sam Ponder and Yogi Roth. Shout out to you because you were the one that that connected us with Sam. And when I reached out to her blindly, I, you know, I slid into her DMs. Nice. And well, said, apparently hey. she responds to that. Yeah, so exactly. Everyone do that. <laughs> Kidding. Don't. But she said that she tells Christian all the time that she's completely obsessed with his mom you so i think that oh, that, that was what which really christian? her husband's christian I'm yeah so well he's probably but... obsessed with you too because it's you know yeah, right we met we met him at the super bowl he's darling. he's adorable oh my gosh, he's and so is cute. doing a really cool thing that we didn't get a chance to ask her about yeah. but i want to plug christian started a company called the post mm -hmm. and you can go find out about it online but it's basically a, a company that they're helping former professional athletes sort of navigate their careers mm -hmm. and after, transition and transition world, into the real world. Such a need for that. It's amazing that there isn't that there, a, a space for that. Already, that there isn't right? already a ton that that space isn't jammed and it's not. And I think you, you, you know, you've yeah, seen it seen and you've lived it with Ed ugly, when you yeah. get, when you get out of that plane, you think you're going to play forever. It was what Jake Plummer told us. Yeah. Everyone thinks that. I wish oh, yeah. that I had known that yeah. I wasn't going to play forever because right. and you know that rationally. Like, like she was talking about seasons. It's a, it's, it is, you know, there are obviously seasons, mm -hmm. but it's a long, it's a long career, hopefully. But even if you're in it for a long time, it's still really short portion of your yes. life. Very in the grand short. scheme of yeah. things, totally. It's, it's small. Yeah. yeah. You have the rest of your life. It is. So and I just, that story about her game. staying up all night, the oh night gosh. before her first college game day There's and no talking way. to Christian is so amazing. And he's, I can't, I'm, because I know what it's like for to the be football, in training camp. He's and... in training camp getting ready for his second season in the NFL. And he's there hanging out with her all night. Like, I, I couldn't imagine. It's Christian amazing. Doing that. Ever I know. In a years. I know. Wow. Oh. Anyway, God bless him. That's a, that's true love. That is a instant first. You could tell love that at first was, sight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. No, it was, it was special. And I think I also really loved what Cindy said about I felt out of place. Like I was the only non-athlete in our family. Yes. 
And, you know, I think that that it, Sam made it okay. Sam was like, right. mom, she freed her from that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was, which nice. is a beautiful and thing. And then it seems like she blossomed after that. Yeah. She could, she stopped trying to be, you know, in the athletic world and she became herself, her, which her is so amazing. I love that. Love that. And I love what Sam said about her favorite thing about her mom is that she's just continually evolving. And mm -hmm. I've seen that with my mom. Shout out to my mom. Yeah. Like it's a lesson for all phase. of us because yes. I'm in a phase. I don't have kids at home yeah. anymore and I'm What's trying to evolve. Thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Be don't be the exact same as you were right. before. And mom, we all feel that do way. Do the improv. Be yes. Improver. Which yep. we're going to, by the way, our next episode <laughs> is we're going to talk about some bucket list things because I am going, I am doing a bucket list item next week. I'm going yes. with my mom. And one of my very best friends in the world and her mom to Paris. We've always said that we're going to take That's a big amazing. trip. So we're going to go over there. You have a big Paris connection with your engagement. With my with the Eiffel Tower ring holder. Yep. If you missed the uh, episode on holiday gift giving or yep. holiday gift giving guide, go watch that. Mm -hmm. um, but you also, I'm going to tease this for our next episode. You just checked off a big bucket list item yeah. as yes. well. Yes. So yep. next week, stay tuned. Until then, uh, go hug a mom. And also... If you're struggling with your relationship with your mom as an adult child, as every single human being, I think probably does. Yeah, it's normal and it's never too late. And it's about be a truth teller. Yeah, exactly. Put it out there. Yeah, because that's the and most be important vulnerable thing. And be truthful and it, it usually comes back to yes, you in a good way. It does. It does. All right. So thanks to Sam and Cindy. We love you guys. Thank and you. we'll see you next time on Your Mom. <laughs>